Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports. And I'm your host, as always, Mephisto. And joining me today is also Mephisto. Now, check that. It's Rob Callflesh. How the heck are you, Rob? I'm doing all right. Wait, all right. You can't be Mephisto, too? Uh, no, I, we can all be Mephisto. In <laughs> fact, I, the, the third person on our uh, podcast today, also Mephisto. Welcome to the podcast. Actually, check that once again. Kevin Miller. How the hell are you, Kev? It was Kevin all along. It was Kevin all along. Good Lord. Um, before we get, if you haven't surmised by now, we're probably going to be talking about uh, the first seven episodes of WandaVision. So, spoiler alert, uh, if you haven't already seen WandaVision, and judging by the amount of spoilers on a Friday morning, you already have, uh, I would I would guess <laughs> oh, that... Uh, I, I would get, Yeah, shots fired by me, Jesus. Um, but uh, before we get into WandaVision, a little bit of housekeeping as far as the podcast goes if you are listening to this on soundcloud uh got some news for you you're only going to get about one or two more episodes on soundcloud before we are no longer on that particular uh platform uh yeah we just don't need to be on soundcloud anymore <laughs> we're on uh, plenty of other things we're on itunes we're on spotify at the, you know if you listen to the singer at the end of the of every show like we're on spotify we're on google play we're on stitcher as well i think it's just uh we're all we're all over the place we don't need to be uh on on soundcloud anymore so uh yeah so you got one or two more episodes on soundcloud and then that is is the axe as far as uh, SoundCloud. So please adjust accordingly if you uh, listen to the crossover podcast on SoundCloud. That said, once again, yeah, end of an era. Once That's where we started off. So uh, here we are. Um, WandaVision. Spoiler alert again. We're, we're going to be talking about this. I think we're going we're gonna to talk about the first seven episodes which are out. And then next week, Craig will be on. And Craig and I will likely be talking about uh, football. And we'll, we'll probably do some sports catch-up and, and, and talk about some other stuff. And then I'll probably get the two of you guys. And maybe some other people would care to join us. Who knows? If not, I'd be happy to have just the two of you guys on to finish up uh, the last two episodes of WandaVision. But uh, WandaVision's been a lot of fun. Started off a little bit slow, um, but uh, what are you going to do? Uh, we, we, we're going to have to, at one point, talk about the binge versus weekly model, but uh, we won't get into that right away. Um, what I do want to say, before we get into the actual talking of, of WandaVision, before we get into the actual breakdown, the actual the, the, the meat and potatoes of the show... Uh, I fired some shots earlier, but to those of you who, on social media, start spoiling this show at 1 o'clock in the damn morning, it, it has been damn near impossible to avoid spoilers for this show, and shame on, uh, like, shame the devil on all of you, shame the Mephisto on all of you for just a, a embarrassing performance on social media by by uh the wandavision fans and the like and second to that like 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 i I i'm not sure what's worse it's either the spoilers or the sheer amount of unnecessary and cockamamie theories that you felt the need to share with everybody for some reason It, it it was beyond annoying it was irritating as all get out, and I'm, I'm just getting this off my chest. And uh, like, like, one division theories became the 
let me tell you about my fantasy football team of of just nerddom this this was this was awful like like just i like people sharing their wandavision theories with you became the oh man did you hear did you see what happened to my fantasy team last week and it was like no shut the fuck up i don't care just let me watch the show you're going to be wrong and like so the final thing i will say about like if you feel the need to share like like because like we're not too like we've only got two more of these, and then we're going into Falcon and Winter Soldier. And Falcon and Winter Soldier looks like it's, it's going to be like an, another spy espionage type of thing, like maybe Lethal Weapon. In uh, it, it looks, it's got a vibe like Lethal Weapon. Yeah, yeah, very body cop, but it's it's definitely Lethal Weapon. But like we're going to put on super suits and and punch the hell out of out of people. But I'm sure there'll be some sort of mystery in that. And if you feel the need to share what you think the mystery is, don't. Like just don't because like you're gonna be wrong. I like like your 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 WandaVision theory, your Falcon and the Winter Soldier theory. It, you're going to be wrong, and you're going to be fantastically wrong. The internet like my the favorite thing I saw was you know that meme of like the butterfly landing on the guy's finger, and then he just like stares at it and tries to guess what it is. And like my favorite is one I saw was. Bird? Yeah, it was well, it was yeah, the is this a bird meme except it was that and it was like Marvel fans written over the guy and he goes is this Mephisto and it was just like Jesus Christ and I'm like that couldn't sum it up any better. Jesus Christ, that was wildly embarrassing and I like I just yeah, it it was the like the guy who invented fantasy baseball his name is 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 Dan O'Krent. And Dan O'Krent has this thing called O'Krent's Law. And O'Krent's Law states that there's nothing more interesting to you than your fantasy team. And there's nothing less interesting to literally everybody else on the planet than your fantasy team. So therefore, don't tell other people about your fantasy team because nobody cares. So I have a new theory that I... This is going to go right up there with the Medellin Corollary as far as the podcast. And I'm calling this the Loki's left-hand theory. And I tweeted out about this, so I might be repeating myself if you follow me on Twitter. But we're officially getting it out there. And the Loki's left-hand theory basically states that whatever theory you have on the MCU is going to be wrong. And you need to just not talk about it. And I'm naming this after, um, uh, the reason it's called the Loki's left-hand theory is because I remember all of the theories that people had during the year and a half we were waiting for Endgame. Uh, the most pathetic one I heard was the fact that Loki is still alive because when he tried to stab Thanos, he did so with his, like, he put the blade in his left hand and he just never used his left hand the entire time. And because it was in his left hand, some fans theorized that was an illusion of Loki and that he wasn't actually dead. And I just read that and I thought, well, that's just sad. It's just sad that you believe that you honestly believe this. So just for the love of God, stop it <laughs> with the theories that said, let's talk about awesome. The show now that I've cooled off a little bit, anyway, um, I, was, I was ready for you to go. It's like, all right. With that, yeah. What's all right. Theory? Yeah. With that <laughs> said, yeah, I had to, I had to, well, I had to, cause it was obnoxious. You, if you were on like, well, let me ask you guys this. Did anything get spoiled for you during, were you able to avoid the spoilers during the first seven episodes? Uh, let's, let's, let's start with Rob. Cause I had something a little bit spoiled for me. Like, like I, it was like 90% spoiled for me, but like, uh, Rob, were you able to avoid all of the nonsense during, you know, most Friday mornings? Yes, except for when I was going through YouTube videos, the the title card would always have something, and there would be plenty of them. 
So oh, okay. I, I can't remember anything specific that was spoiled, um, but it might have been possibly a character um, or that someone... Yeah. Uh, nothing catastrophic in terms of like, oh, well, this was now ruined. Mm. But the minor details may have been spoiled. Actually, the first thing that comes to mind is like I knew when it was the episode with the the throwback costume. Yeah, here's the title card. It's there. Same argument could be made when you go play the episode. Depending on how you see it, it it's there. But I actually don't see those because it's just continue playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what What about you, uh, Kevin? Were you able to avoid uh, all of the minefields that existed? Uh, for the most part, uh, I'm watching the show with my stepdaughter, and she's with us every other weekend. So mm-hmm. on weekends where she's not with it, we're watching it Monday night and not Friday. So there's Ooh, usually a couple tough. days in between where if you're on Instagram or Facebook at all, you might see a post or two, and, and that's kind of a pain in the ass. But it's, you know, because we're choosing to delay watching it. Um Honestly, for me, because my Marvel knowledge does not go as deep as some people's, um, this is the MCU property where the least possible could be spoiled for me, I would say. Fair. So there's bits where it's like, oh, you know, you know we're, we're spoiling on this podcast now, obviously, um, you know, but like, hey, you know, Kat Dennings is back as Darcy Lewis. Like, that was spoiled for me, but it's also like, oh, okay, like, it's not spoiling the plot or anything. This character is in it. That's not really harming my viewing of it in any way yeah exactly uh, but uh, like yeah. i i don't was i don't know the comics that this story is based on wanda's one of the few people that i know the least about other than like her ties to like the x-men that they're starting to get into a little bit um so there are a few things where i'm like oh that's clever like upon watching it but i don't think could have been spoiled for me because i don't understand a lot of the context going in <laughs> I'm one of those dumb few who are watching these being like, oh, I vaguely have heard of S.W.O.R.D. before, and I, I know who this, uh, you know, the daughter of, uh, I know who Monica Rambeau is, and I know who Evan Peters is as Quicksilver. Like, I, I get these references, um, but only a few of them. <laughs> I had to go back and figure out who Jimmy Woo was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I only saw so Ant-Man and the Wasp once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, I, I, and... I, I'm right there with you. Uh, to Kevin, where some of the stuff is like, um, like even Matt started podcast with being like, "Hey, we're all Mephisto now, dog." I'm like, uh, "Okay, is Mephisto involved in this somehow?" I know he was in that one Spider-Man he's story. Not, yeah, he's not. It's just that, like, literally everybody on the internet shared the theory that uh, it was like the person behind all this, all the story, because eventually someone was going to get revealed as a, a main bad guy. And the entire internet, and when I say the entire internet, I don't mean like a small pocket. I mean the entire fucking internet had their theory that this was that it was that the bad guy was going to be Mephisto, who is basically Marvel's version of the devil. Uh, and like uh, for a DC reference, it's it's tri- he's basically Trigon, but more trickstery than than Trigon, whereas Trigon is more evil and demony. But uh, Everybody's like, oh, it's going to be Mephisto, 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 shut the f- it's going to be Mephisto. And then I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, to the point where I was like, I hope it's not Mephisto. Just, like, because I couldn't fucking stand it if it actually was. And then it ended up... You want these people to be justified or vindicated? <laughs> yeah, I didn't want it. So then, when, when, like, the Agatha all along, which is, like, number one on Spotify right now. I don't know if you guys noticed that. But, like, the Agatha all along reveal, 
not only to me was the like not only to me was like a top 10 maybe top five maybe even top three sequence in mcu history not not like 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 i'm talking the whole mcu i'm talking movies like tv the whole shebangabang that reveal with like the monsters theme that they were kicking and Catherine Hahn yeah. just showing her range in that like 30 seconds at the, like that whole thing. It like, it Can not only was talk about Catherine Hahn for a few minutes because, Oh, I don't worry. She's been stealing the show. Yeah, no, she's going to get her due. Don't worry. Um, but I mean like that, that whole Agatha all along was not like, not like had an extra level for me. Cause it also felt like, like it was also like such an end zone dance on it not being Mephisto, right? That I was just like, "Wow, this is great." I'm so glad it's not Mephisto because it just would have been so, it would just would have been so bad. Because it was like when everybody on Lost, like remember when Lost for all those years was like, you know, the audience was trying to figure out exactly, and they were like, "Well, what if it's Purgatory?" And the writers were like, "Come on, it's not Purgatory." Fuck. Right? Like, <laughs> shit, <laughs> shit, fuck, fuck. Right? Like, they got it almost immediately, right? And then, yeah, and then the best they could come up with after that was it was somebody's dream, and it was like, oh, come on, right? Oh, that, like, that was a mis- Yeah, like, that there was an so example of... That goes for seven seasons that I don't think that you can build up that much and possibly come up with a satisfying ending. <laughs> no, that that, but that's a whole other kettle of fish. But yeah, just the, 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 uh, man, yeah, like the Agatha all along thing was just absolutely brilliant. And, How much more uh, would you have liked that montage if there was like text that flashed across the screen in that like monstrous font that was like, mm. it wasn't Mephisto. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, like definitely not Mephisto with like an arrow pointing to her or something like yeah. that. That's that'll, like, that'll be an ultimate take. Yeah, and there's people who like there's people who still believe that they're like, oh well, she's working for somebody, so it could be Mephisto, and it's like it's just so <laughs> like you don't like let it go, man. Like just for the love of God, it yeah, could be her. Maybe you maybe could assume keep... that that was the twist. <laughs> maybe you could keep yeah. that chain going where it's like, oh, but they're just a puppet of whomever. It's like you could just keep that going forever, and it's like, oh, but yeah. you're not out of characters. They could just create one. Exactly. And then another characters that are tricksters like this, and this is the Loki's left hand theory again, which is like, Mm -hmm. you know, is are you lying to me? Or like, no, I'm telling the truth. Is that a lie? Yeah, exactly. It's it's like that. You know, these characters are on the up and up, and maybe not everything you see is a is bullshit. You know. Yeah, and you like, and it's just the internet just playing itself constantly, where it's like, well, how many layers does this go deep? And like Kevin Feige will literally go, it's I'm I'm only going one layer deep, man. Like this, I don't need. Need to go further Guys, deep than this. Episodes. <laughs> yeah, it's nine episodes. We only need to go this far down, and then they're like, "No, no, no! You, you're gonna go deeper, right? Like you're gonna go deeper." And it's like, "No, shut up!" <laughs> God, that was annoying. But anyway, like uh, the thing, I, I had the Pietro thing spoiled for me. I, I that now in in one way, but not the other. I knew that, like, I woke up at eight o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning, you guys, eight o'clock on the Saturday. And Pietro's trending on Twitter. Number one trend worldwide on Twitter. And it's like, come on. Like, what are we doing here, guys? Number one trend worldwide is hashtag Pietro. And I saw that and I'm like, fuck beans. And I guess that means that Pietro comes back in the episode. I did not know that it was going to be Evan Peters, which is great. Because I at least didn't have that part spoiled for me. But I knew in the lead up up to it that, you know, when they were like, who's knocking at the door? And I'm like, well, I know who this is going to be. But then yeah. when it when it was Evan Peters, I was at least like, oh, okay. <laughs> Fun. 
onesies, right? I don't literally like pause and and like explain to my stepdaughter why that was a thing. Yeah, (laughs) she probably thought I was a lunatic. (laughs) Yeah, oh, so brilliant. Disney now owns Fox. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Well, you see, so this corporation bought this corporation. It's like, okay, I'm 13 years old, old man. Don't fucking talk to me about it. Yeah, I yeah, uh, I don't even know how you explain the deepness of that, right? Yeah, yeah. That's like but, me. Uh, anytime I try to explain that, like Mick Foley did the voice of the boulder in that one episode of. Yeah. Uh... Also, exactly. That's my version of like, oh no, you don't understand how dope this is. It's like four levels of dope, right? Like, so yeah, that, I guess really that's why uh... that old man yells at Cloud. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not. It's, yeah. Oh I need, boy. I need everyone around me to appreciate how clever this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, I think honestly, Matt, um, the fact that I'm not on Twitter is what has saved me. From yeah, this. I mean, at least better. But I mean, I don't honestly. I I deleted Twitter, and this has been for my own benefit. I took Twitter off my my regular day to day phone. I have a phone that I use only when I'm working out because it's you know cracked and whatnot. Um, so I I don't. So I keep Twitter on that, so that way I, I don't have Twitter at my fingertips like 24 hours a day with my regular phone. It's really only there for like, I don't know, half hour to an hour a day, which I think is, yep. is a lot healthier than constantly checking Twitter. And for me to just like check it for like five seconds to just be like, okay, did any trades or anything happen overnight when I, you know, when I was gone? Because I do still like to get my sports updates and whatnot. Uh, and then I'm like, let me just sift and through it. Oh, Pietro, number one trend on Twitter. And then everybody's talking about it. And it's like, come on, like eight in the yeah, morning on Friday with a with a 12:01 release. Connections that are coming up, and I think Rob alluded to like seeing like YouTube um, like uh, screen caps and stuff like that, yeah. where it's like, you know. I don't know what happened in the episode necessarily, but it's like the introduction of this character means that this is probably tied yeah. to Captain Marvel or this is probably tied to Doctor Strange or, and then I'm like, okay, well I don't understand what happened in the episode because I haven't seen it yet. I don't know what the tie in is really because I don't mm-hmm. know everything about the Marvel cinema, everything about the Marvel universe that could be pulled from to create this show. So I feel like I've been pretty safe as far as that. Um, yeah. There's, there's, a lot of mystery involved in this show and, and peeling back layers and sort of understanding like a, a narrative and a meta narrative that I am appreciating watching, but it does lend itself to this sort of theory craft that I have no time for. And I, I definitely agree with you there, Matt. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't have my own theories because the mystery is too compelling for me. I'm just enjoying the ride to be honest. Like, and like, if you have a theory, just text your buddies once about it like i did with rob like like i texted rob once and i'm like here's what i think and then that's it <laughs> like that was as far as i, I was, went with it i was it, trying right? to like, find the, the, those messages yeah because i know we did yeah. that and i think i were you you texted with you know the bad's gonna be yeah i was a like it, yeah like, all right because we were in a Skype call at the time, I was like, oh, I'll just reply. It's like, oh yeah, I think it's going to be A as well. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I I was like, yeah, I I think it's Legion or Nightmare or something like that. that There wasn't going to be a bad, that it wasn't going to be Wanda. (laughs) Yeah, no. I'm still waiting for that conversation to shake out because, I mean, obviously that is the, um, the sort of argument that's happening among the agents of S.W.O.R.D., uh, mm-hmm. in the story so far, and, and I'm living for those scenes. So when we got to, like, I think the fourth episode, and it was finally like, hey, let's show what's actually happening outside of the hex. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yes, awesome, some context. 
I love the slow build, so I might be in the minority there. But waiting to get to that point to sort of get the, you know, here's what this looks like to the rest of the world uh, perspective, uh, that really worked for me. Well, well, I, I that... didn't mind the slow build, but I found it to be a bit too slow for me. <laughs> like the having each episode like started in the 50s and 60s, 70s, working its way through. Very amused by what they did with everything, but I think, and this goes back to the text messages with uh, Matt, where those early episodes, it's like, all right, just when they start getting to something, it's like, I'm really interested in it, they just slam the, the credit card at you. Like, come on. It takes 20 minutes, and then I start really getting into it, and then it's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, somebody did have a yeah, great meme that, that somebody did have the great meme that said something like the greatest villain in MCU history. And it was the uh, the clip of the please stand by thing that you get it. <laughs> yeah. you, you get right before the credits in WandaVision start. Right. And it was yeah. like, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. And like, yeah, well, so that's a great segue into um, the the binge versus weekly conversation that I, I want to have. I have always I, I, I think I've always been a guy who who believes in the weekly model over the binge model because I think the weekly model affords stuff like like a great example for this is Stranger Things. Whenever Stranger Things comes out for Netflix, um, everybody loves Stranger Things, and when you get it, you basically binge it. But like you get it on a Thursday, you binge it on like Friday, Saturday, and then you spend you know Saturday, Sunday ish talking about it on the internet and doing the memes and tweeting about it and you know uh, you know tweeting and memeing and jokes with your buddies and but by Monday it's gone right like it's it's basically gone <laughs> yeah and then and then yeah so Stranger Things basically dominates like one weekend a year. And I know Netflix has their algorithms and their algorithms or whatever tell them that the best way to do this is to give everybody all the episodes at once so they can watch it at their own pace or or however fast or slow they want to watch it. But it, uh, they could dominate if they did like, okay, here's, you know, we're going to do four episodes once a week and then the next, and then we're going to take a little break. And then the next four episodes once a week over the course of a month, they would dominate that time on social media and stuff like that right and we're seeing it right now with wandavision despite the fact uh everybody took it to an insanely obnoxious level (laughs) to to the point where i was like man people have been so bad on social media with uh with wandavision that i was like maybe i was wrong about the binge versus weekly because people are just like out of control with wandavision but it's just i think it really depends because i think something that is an existing uh Mm -hmm. intellectual property like uh star wars for the case of the mandalorian or Mm -hmm. uh wandavision for the case of the mcu and that's leading into other uh mcu properties that are coming out on disney plus as well like we're basically going straight from wandavision into uh falcon and winter soldier we're basically going straight from falcon and winter soldier into loki as i understand it as well Mm -hmm. like their intention is to keep our uh, attention as long as possible and so i understand the weekly model coming from them at that point it works for me for the show like this where it is a mystery and it's not something serialized like the mandalorian because every episode of The Mandalorian can kind of stand on its own. Um, but when it's based on an existing intellectual property is where you get people who are like, okay, well, this is part of this larger universe, and we know things about this universe already. 
uh, so we can start theory crafting and giving us a slow burn like an episodic, uh, a weekly episodic release uh, allows them to do that. And that's how they like interacting with these shows. So I totally get it. And, and I'm on board with that as well. I, I like having uh, Mandalorian and, and WandaVision weekly rather than all at once because I hate to get burned out on stuff like that. And I feel like we would on something like uh, when we used to review like Jessica Jones on this show, where it'd be like, "Cool, am I going to spend a whole weekend watching this show only to find out that I didn't like it?" Like mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't much care for that, and also it didn't let us have enough time to sort of digest what we were seeing because we would review the entire season, you know, on the Monday after a Friday release of an entire ep- of series, and we'd be like, "Okay, what happened? I don't remember a lot. Here were like the few set pieces that I really liked. Here's a few things I really hated, but I don't remember like what happened in any specific episode." Yeah, because um, there's, there's no way you would have finished Iron Fist if that was a week to week show, because that was hot garbage of, of a television yeah, show right keep watching yeah. going on well, it's, it's marvel it's the mcu i want to keep watching because it has to get better mm-hmm. <laughs> right and then it and it didn't <laughs> it was flat out terrible well and, and yeah exactly so i i really hope that if um you know we there have been some talks about like how jessica jones and the defenders and stuff like that might now be back available for disney or netflix or someone to start making more mm-hmm. of again like tons I, of rumors of charlie cox appearing in the Spider-Man. new spider-man movie yeah yeah so it, it 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 really depends on the show because the counterpoint to that is something like stranger things where it's not based on an existing ip there's not really a whole lot of room for theory crafting outside of the show itself mm-hmm. um because there's no source material that is available to, uh, you know, people and has been for the last 50 years, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to basically, you can binge it and basically base your theories off the season as a whole and, and you know, do the memeing. And then, like you say, um, I, I don't know that it necessarily works for a show that they can't release more than one season of every year or every year and a half. Um, but for something like the MCU where there's, you know, in a non-pandemic year, three movies coming out a year. Um, you know, now we have four television shows coming out this year. Like, I understand that they want to keep our attention as long and as steadily as possible. And knowing that it's all going to sort of fit into a larger universe that we all have some context for because we've, you know, society at large has been obsessed with this uh, universe for the last 12 years now. So I totally get it from that perspective, and I totally appreciate it when we're doing something like watching a mystery show like this. Like, this is a mystery show, and it has a lot of uh, meta-programming in it that I am particularly in love with, honestly. Like, every time there's a new intro to WandaVision, and it's like, oh, this is based on the Brady Bunch. Oh, this is based on Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, this is based on The Office. Like, yeah. I, I, I love that sort of meta-commentary and... and and, and getting it as an episodic release is allowing me to appreciate individual pieces of it more, whereas if I were to watch all seven of these first seven episodes in a row, I don't know that a lot would individually stand out to me. The slow burn of the mystery is what works for me on this show. Yeah, I, I agree. I just it's It's strange because I think... Because we got the first two episodes uh, back-to-back, right? Like, we got the first two, and then... After yep. that, it was it was weekly. Um, it was one division now in color. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was strange to think that those first couple were a little bit slow and a little bit like okay. I, and I realized they they were building their setting, so it, it's weird for me to say. I wish they gave us like the first four and then went 
Like, I think I would have watched a little bit better if they gave us, like, the first three or four instead of the first two and then went, we- and then went like, weekly. Um, yeah, if you have to pick a middle ground, I think that's exactly right. Yeah. Now, if you give, but if that's you give what, the yeah. first four... If you give the first four where the first three are played fairly straight, I mean, there's a mm-hmm. little bit of, like, hiccup, you know, someone's sort of figuring out what's going on, but we're not paying attention to it, and it's certainly not the point of this episode for the first three episodes. And then you do the fourth episode where it's Monica Rambo and Jimmy Woo and, uh, and Darcy Lewis, and they're all coming together to sort of figure out everything that's happened so far. That works well for me, too. Mm-hmm. Um but ever since that's sort of been revealed as the um, the plot versus the meta plot, um, I've enjoyed the weekly episodes more. And I, I think that that is, that is exactly where I would break it down if you were to sort of pick a middle ground like you're suggesting that. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I agree that it should have been the first three episodes because episode four is when it comes from the other angle of outside the hex. I think that would have been... Uh, nice transition point for that first release yeah I mean, but enough also, also just because the first like, couple episodes because the first yeah. episode with like uh you know oh the boss is coming to dinner and we yeah they're i love lucy yeah. yeah yeah exactly and it was it was like you know fred melamed and deborah rupp which is hilarious yeah <laughs> that was know, great we know all, these people all and just see. to see them playing the boss and the boss's wife is just a lot of fun all yeah. i could see was Kitty foreman <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Forman, <laughs> She's yeah. basically playing that character, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's perfect. And you have like the very I Love Lucy and, and Brady's Bunch sort of uh, uh, vibes to those first few episodes where, you know, but they're they're having their moments of, okay, the, the meta narrative here is starting to break down. And like, even in that first episode, there's a moment where they just sort of like blankly stare at each other for 30 seconds. And I'm like, hold up, what's happening here? So it immediately gets you interested in, and having the second episode to go into helped to sort of feed into that uh, urge to find the mystery because otherwise this episode is being com- played completely straight as just like a 50s sitcom mm-hmm. and without that mystery moment in it or the growing number of mystery moments in it where you're like, hey, this is all starting to break down because I think the second episode has, it's still black and white, but there's like the, the color drone that's in it and it feels very Pleasantville. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and you're like, oh, there's something happening here. And they're like, you know, calling Wanda's name on the radio and stuff like that. Like, it, it's it's interesting. And, and there's even pieces to pick up on even outside of that. Because as soon as, uh, like, Monica was in the second episode as a villager in Westfield. Mm-hmm. Um, and because she hesitated so long to introduce herself, I'm like, oh, I think she's part of this. Like, she's she's part of this mystery and it turns out that she was mm-hmm. and you would have no reason to think that oh two episodes from now they're going to explain how she was this person who was in this movie as a child uh 20 years ago and now she's grown up but she got blipped and her mom died while she was blipped and so she's waking up in a hospital room and no one knows what the hell is going on like anytime they do um I think they'll be able to cash in on this for a while in the MCU, but anytime I see someone either get dusted or return from dust, it feels heavy in my chest. Like, I feel that moment. And that's what Infinity War has done to me. 
wildly, wildly convenient that everybody it, Peter it's, Parker it's went to high school It's a great device, with. and they are using yeah. the hell out of it, and I yeah. definitely appreciate it every time they do, because as yeah. soon as I see someone return from dust like that, I'm like, oh, I see what happened here. <laughs> this mm-hmm. huge natural, this, this, like, you know, universal disaster that happened. We're going to be recovering from it forever, and we can't just move past it like it's... Uh, you know, any other Marvel movie device. Like, the, the two big things that have happened in the MCU are that and, like, the uh, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier Hydra uh, heel turn. Yes. yes. Those have been the two things that have sort of affected everything since. Um, and anytime they basically have a tie into that that's outside of the main movie or, or TV show that it happened in, it feels very lived-in universe to me. And I I love that. I, I love that vibe. So stuff like this show is, is really getting to me on that level. Super convenient that uh, literally everybody Peter Parker of importance that Peter Parker went to high school with uh, got blipped. It's a little, little, little too convenient. A little too convenient. Except for that. Brad. <laughs> yeah, except for Brad. Um, Rob, which yeah. sitcom were you upset that they did not parody during this run? <laughs> uh, the... I'm actually, I don't have an answer for that. Okay. I, w- I, I wasn't actually expecting them to parody anyone in particular. Mm. Um, I mean, as it was with the the most recent one where it was the Malcolm in the Middle, I didn't even know it was Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> I had messaged well, you saying, it's like, like the, was uh, the early the 2000s a lot of talking to the can- camera and all that? But it's like, yeah. I got the bits with The Office. But it's like, was there a lot of that going on? Like, yeah, did they, did, they did the office. Television worked? Yeah, uh, they did so Modern Family with the Modern Family thing. Yeah, it yeah. was it was Modern Family intro. It was like the Office intro, but it was Modern yeah. Family esque in the way they did the like the ITM conversations yeah. into the camera and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, um, but the part I loved most about that episode was uh, Wanda sort of accepting it until she realized that there was like a narrator slash producer and then being like, who, why did you ask me that? You're not supposed to talk. Yeah. Uh, but I also <laughs> loved, uh, my, my favorite part of that episode was Vision rejecting it and being like, why am I talking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He just realized, like, I can just leave. And he just phases through yeah. and goes and uh, leaves Darcy in the truck. Like, like, okay. Yeah. Just fly away. He doesn't need to be stuck in traffic. <laughs> yeah. And, that was, and that's one of those things. <laughs> That's one of those things in those sitcoms like The Office and Modern Family is they like, and I realize this is just an accepted uh, uh, bit in in those type of comedies, but it's like it's never addressed as to why they're filming these people or who this is going to be for, or like it's like all right, we're just filming all of these people in an office for like. 15 years what are you planning on doing with this footage and like it actually was the last season of the office where um they introduced like one of the characters as the guy who held the boom mic oh yeah the season they were like releasing the documentary so like people were like oh we're big fans of andy you know at helms like hey we're big oh yeah (laughs) that's funny to be in this documentary Oh, that's good. Um, they kind of did play into that in the office, and I wonder. I mean, obviously, I don't think they're going to do that for this show because it, it's not real. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen here. Um, no. But, uh, yeah, there were a lot of um, um, sort of period-specific sitcoms that sort of work for that family vibe. Uh, I was wondering if they were going to do like a Family Ties. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they got in the '90s and did Malcolm in the Middle, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. That was kind well, of well. They did the Family Ties the intro, didn't they? For the for the color episode, they did they did the Family Ties intro, where they were like painting Wanda and and 
vision, or did I imagine that? Uh, I I remember a Brady Bunch episode uh, intro. I don't remember a Family Ties intro, but you might be right. I'm not super yeah. familiar with Family Ties to be honest. Well, because uh, the Family Ties intro was like the paint by numbers, where it would paint the fam like the family would start in black and white with lines, and then it would slowly paint them in. And uh, and I'm pr- I'm pretty sure they did that for. Uh, yeah, for sure for right. one of the I'm pretty for one of the intros I think for the for the now in color episode uh, they they did that because that was their big like now we're in color and we're doing the family ties paint by numbers introduction that was pretty dope um, yeah I'll be interested to see what they do next uh, because I don't know what comes after the office which is like a 2000s ish show like well, they do a 2000 teen show basically but I don't know what a 2000 teens family sitcom is. Uh, unless it's like Big Bang Theory or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, or we might be done. Ended, yeah. I think it's done. I, I think it's I, done being a, I'm with you a, too, Rob. a sitcom yeah. parody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I, I think we're, I think yeah, we're done Now that they sort of revealed the twist, I don't know that they do that anymore. Um, I would say that if they would, the two that I would expect maybe parodies of for the 2000 teens would be either like Big Bang Theory or How I Met Your Mother. Mm-hmm. That's sort of the family sitcoms of that era. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 100% for me, the that I was upset that they never parodied was Married with Children, because oh, they had yeah. they had the two children born, and Wanda's got red hair, so it just writes itself, right? Like you just you just write it in there where she just comes in with that big Peg Bundy hair, and then <laughs> the two kids are just running around like maniacs, and Vision's just like, oh god. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just sitting on the couch and then puts his hand down his pants and then goes, "Why did I do that?" You know, like, <laughs> like just feels right. You know, like that sort of that sort of a joke. So yeah, one hundred percent for me, it was. Uh, that would have been uh, amusing. Yeah. Um. All right. Let's talk about some of the performances and characters. And I don't think I. I'm. I'm gonna start this with what I think is the most important character of of this. Show and that's going to be Catherine Hahn uh, and her performance as Agnes slash Agatha Harkness. Um, I'm going to be honest. I came into this. I wasn't the biggest Catherine Hahn fan on the planet. I kind of like. I I I was kind of indifferent to her just as a performer, mostly because to me, she's always been just kind of like the annoying wife or like wife of character that you know shows up in like Will Ferrell films. Um, that I don't particularly oh. that I don't particularly like half the time anyway because I'm not necessarily a big fan of all the Will Ferrell flicks out there. My favorite Catherine Hahn stuff was when she did a guest spot in that one season of uh, Parks and Rec Parks when and she Rec. was the yeah, yeah when she when she was the political advisor and she was hilarious she was, and brilliant. She was the campaign manager for Paul Rudd. Yes, for yeah, Bobby Newport. <laughs> Bobby Newport. Yeah, that was it. She was so <laughs> she was so funny. And I saw some people uh, did the thing because like at the end she did that like for the agatha all along she did that and i killed sparky as well uh, too right and then they, they hearken back to the to the bit in uh <laughs> like to her one line in parks and rec where they're like well leslie nope has never actually come forward and said she's never killed puppies <laughs> right like, just you know just doing that thing so that was hilarious and fuck it all if she didn't make me a giant fan throughout this entire series and 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 the reveal at the end helped and and just the fucking dry 
the best delivery in this entire series was just her dry off-camera delivery when she, when and you mentioned it earlier, Kevin, when Wanda was doing the Modern Family introduction, and she says something like, "All this bad stuff is happening to me, and I just I don't know why, and I can't control it." And then just off-camera, you just hear Catherine Hahn just go, "Is it because you deserve it, <laughs> or something like that?" Yep. And then I was just like, "Oh, what? oh, <laughs> right? like oh, great stuff. That is just." Just brilliant writing, and just like, well, and, and the fact because you totally buy her, as, and the, the twist works for that reason because you totally mm-hmm. buy her as just the wacky neighbor. Yeah, and you know that other people in this in this city are under control of uh, Wanda, so you just assume that that's the character that she's meant to play. She's just mm-hmm. the wacky neighbor. Yeah, um, and, and so when we had like the I think second to last episode where it's like oh Wanda's controlling everything on Halloween, but the further you get away from Wanda, further away you get from the center of town, the less control she has. It's like when a video game isn't drawing in everything. Mm-hmm. And it was one of my favorite visuals of this show is because Vision's on the end of town and people are just like walking in circles or standing completely still, and he's like, "What's going on?" But you also if you pay attention, there's no stars in the sky at that point. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, there's just no graphical they're, fidelity. They're it, under it the dome. It feels very much like a video game where it's like, oh, you're not the main character? Well, then we don't need to render things out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great stuff. You're not, like, it's the, she's the star of the show, and you're basically like on standby now. Um, and, and that's why, like, you know, the theory crafting that I've come up with, which is like, you know, at the end of that episode, she's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, flex my power and like triple the size of the hex. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, in the most recent episode, we see, like, oh, she's startled, starting to lose control because I think she's spread herself too thin. So now her almond milk is turning into a bottle of milk. She's turning into a carton of milk. Is You know, she, she can't keep up with it anymore. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's been a great way to visually represent it. And it also, like, like that whole thing, it, it, like, it was made extra funny to me because I've been listening to recently uh, the, uh, like, Donald Faison and Zach Braff uh yeah. podcast on scrubs which is brilliant where and like they're, they're, they'll point things out that you don't necessarily notice but that they notice because they're actors so they, they you know they and and you know they've yeah, directed yeah. and stuff too and they'll point out sometimes they'll be like so in this scene of this episode in the background at like 1254 you'll notice that there's a janitor that's not the janitor in the background of this episode and he's mopping the room or he's pretending to mop the room, but if you, like, you know, if you're paying attention, you'll notice that this room is carpeted, so he's just mopping a <laughs> carpeted room. And then, you know, Donald Faison will go, why do you think they did that? And Zach will go, because he's a fucking extra, and he was just told, hey, fucking mop in the background. And he was like, oh, okay. Because <laughs> right? like, he, he didn't want to get, yeah, he didn't want to get fired. He wanted to get paid and do a good job, so he pretended to mop the carpet in a room. He didn't question it. And I'm like, yeah, that may- yeah it's like, that makes sense. Right, <laughs> like the guy just had a dry mop and was pretending to mop the carpet because he didn't want to get fired, right? And I'm like, yeah, it makes sense, right? <laughs> like, it's just uh, so like, yeah. So when they were doing that, it kind of reminded me when they were talking about that stuff. Um, the Agatha Harkness reveal was great, and I loved it. And I was like, and and it's one of those ones that was so deep that even I was like, who the fuck is Agatha Harkness? And then I had to I had to Google it, and I'm like. And like I'm like, who's Agatha Harkness, and why don't I know she, who who she is? And then it comes like, and I I Google her first thing that comes up, primary antag- antagonist of the Fantastic Four, and I'm like, ah, 
Ah, <laughs> uh, that explains why Matt Pierce has no idea who Agatha Harkness is because it's a Fantastic Four deep cut, and I don't care for the Fantastic Four. And then I started yeah, I, to read I was up on her. If it was something like that. Like I obviously yeah. don't know who that character is either. And I'm like, this is probably some one-off villain from the 70s. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely a Golden Age, uh, gold, like a Silver Age actually kind of v- villainess. And and I, I I she briefly appears in certain deep cut 70s 80s X Men comics because. Because she does uh, kind of train the Scarlet Witch to use her powers and stuff like that, but for the most part, her glory years were as a like Golden Age Fantastic Four villain. Um, and I don't care for the Fantastic Four, so I don't. Uh, I, I was unaware of that and when I when I started researching the character, <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, this. perfect. Yeah, I was like, oh, perfect. This is like, yeah, the like I just briefly skimmed her powers and stuff in Wikipedia. I'm like, perfect perfect villain for this thing great cut by them and as previously stated the the excellent excellent uh it's agatha all along sequence uh was definitely the best part about the show and i think you're right it's it's definitely up there in like the top three i think for me uh mcu moments entirely yeah if not like television too (laughs) yeah it's really interesting i think this is something that the mcu does pretty well in general is ride a line between like this is serious and threatening and you should be feel threatened by it with comedy <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. and the the end part of the song where she says it's like oh and i killed sparky too <laughs> yeah yes okay i i didn't put the connection of parks and rec but i look at that as and then seeing comments on the internet as well but it's just like oh you killed the dog it's a kick the you dog are, moment. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You, you you are the worst villain of them all. <laughs> yeah, you are truly evil. <laughs> yes. Oh, That's really you know. cementing that she's the villain. Yeah. Oh god. Or a villain. Uh, Tayona Paris is Monica Rambeau. Um, excellent performance. Love the Love casting. Yep. Loving the casting. And, uh, yeah, she got to be Photon this week. Uh, she, we, we got to watch, because, like, that kind of got swept in the, under the rug of the Agatha All Along reveal, was that, like, she basically became Photon uh, this week. And they found a, a very unique way, because it's been a while since we uh, we had, like, kind of an origin power story in the, uh, uh, in the MCU. Well, I, I mean, I guess we had Captain Marvel uh, recently, but... Uh, you know, like it's it's been a while. It's been a while for uh, for for an honest to goodness. This is how somebody got their powers moment in uh, in, yep. in the MCU, and it, and it was pretty dope. And I did like that sequence where like she tried to drive this uh, like lunar rover, this like souped up lunar rover type thing into uh, into the hex, and then you know Randall Park, who's also been excellent in this show, and was just like, yeah, yeah. it's you know it's rewriting or whatever. And the thing like turned into like a shitty Volkswagen half or something. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, half of a pickup truck, and then yeah, and then she just went through it, and then but it was hilarious because he yelled out, "No, Monica," which reminded me of that hilarious moment in Fast and the Furious where Job Rule also yells the same, "Monica," <laughs> so funny to me. Um, yeah, she, like she's been fantastic. Can't wait to see her get to cut it loose cause with the, um, with the powers and 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 whatnot. Because obviously she's gonna have a big moment before this is all all said and done. In the last two episodes, she she's gonna have a. Uh... Yeah, she's carry over into uh, Doctor Strange. 
Absolutely, I do. I, I, I cause, like that's ultimately going to be the cool thing about this was if, if, if you think about what what Marvel's done with their quote unquote TV shows, even though I guess this kind of sort of qualifies as a TV show, but like a- Agents of Shield and the Netflix shows, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, uh, Daredevil. This may change going forward, but as of the three of us having this conversation. The MCU has gone out of their way in most of their mediums to wildly ignore the existence of the Agents of Shield and the uh, and the Netflix series. Um, it's very one way. Yeah, very one way. TV shows can reference the movies, but not the other way around. (laughs) Yeah, and even then, when they reference the movies, they can only reference them in these vague, like, winky ways. Like, they would refer to it as the incident, right? Like, in, 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 like, which was the attack on New York. They wouldn't go, like, yeah, yeah, they wouldn't go, like, hey, you know, remember when all those aliens came down and started killing everybody and Captain America and, you know, Iron Man had to fly that thing up? Like, they don't ever do that. They always just go, like, oh, the incident did this stuff. And then, you know, never discuss it again or, 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 you know, and, and anything like that. But, um, it, it certainly seems like that's going to go change forward uh, or like that's going to change forward, especially with this. Cause they've introduced some villains and they keep having to, and again, I don't want to get bogged down in, in wrestling style fantasy booking or theorizing as to what this is going to be. But, um, allegedly we still have this big time reveal that, uh, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, uh, uh, that that Elizabeth Olsen uh, claimed in an interview that they were going to have a, a a cameo appearance that was going to blow the Luke Skywalker appearance in the final episode of the Mandalorian season two away. It was going to blow it out of the water. And and uh, um, this is the first time hearing of this. Oh well, uh, allegedly. No, I thought like, here, but I have a guess now. <laughs> well, they said it like four weeks. They, they she said it like four weeks ago, and I thought it was I thought it was the Evan Peters. Pietro reveal because that was big it because it was not only bringing in technically mutants into yeah. the, the like because it, it was a thing that technically not only like because again it had layers right it technically brought mutants into the MCU it also brought in the multiverse to the MCU and it also brought in the fact that like hey we can do this sort of thing because we bought the Fox rights and now nothing yeah, is off limits yeah. in terms of the cool the shit that joke. we can do. <laughs> Yeah. The meta jokes and and yeah, nothing can be off limits in terms of the shit that that we can do, right? And it's and it's like, yeah. So obviously, people have been theorizing because they can't help themselves with this. But the main the main two seem to be either Doctor Strange is going to show up, um, at some point in this, which I I I tend to lean, I tend to throw my hat into that yeah. into that circle. But there's also the people who are who are holding off somewhat desperately to me that uh maybe we'll get a magneto reveal as her dad right (laughs) yeah obviously yeah like is like are we like cross my mind at all like would fastbender show up right or 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 not (laughs) or ian mckellen yeah i mean i mean perhaps um side note for that like if they did bring in Magneto, this is a conversation I kind of want to have. Let's not spend too much time on it though. But like Magneto's defying defining character trait is that he's a Holocaust survivor, right? Um, the problem with that is we keep getting further and further away from 1945. Um, so when you're in 2021, 
that's 80 years almost <laughs> away from from you know being a holocaust survivor and if you're a holocaust survivor with with any sort of age you would be closer to you're, you're somewhere between 80 and 100 years old right now um you know so do you still have that trait if you're writing Magneto in, in 2021 in a movie? Because, like, I mean, you can comic book explain that bullshit away. Like, he's able to control the iron in his blood or something like that. So he ages not as fast, right? Because, you know, I, I, you can, you can, oh, you can, yeah, ha- yeah, exactly. You can a wizard do, yeah, you can a wizard did that away if, if you want it. But I, I'm just, it's a conversation I just, I, I want to have, you know, like it's, it's, you know, do do you go with the with the World War Two thing with and, and the Holocaust survivor with him, or or are we are we getting too far away from that at 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 this point that that can be a uh... well, the first thing that crosses my yeah. mind with that would be if it's expanding to the multiverse. Okay, there's multiple universes and all that, so he was pulled from a different time um, in that timeline as well. Mm-hmm. That like that that would be my thing if you, if they weren't changing something. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because if if uh, Magneto, if if it's you know Ian McKellen as her dad, that's not the same dad that she would have had in this universe, right? So you can already explain that away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, as being like, oh, this was you know Evan Peters' dad, <laughs> you know, exactly, in Days of Future right? Past yeah. when you know Ian McKellen was there, but also Fastbender was there too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Made sense. <laughs> So it, uh, it gets real complex, obviously, but um, it, it's especially added complexity because they're saying, oh, it's 2021, but in the MCU, I think it's like 2025 because <laughs> they blimped forward, right? <laughs> True, right, yeah, so they're even further, so they're really pushing 80 years since the, uh, since you know, since World War II, uh, right? And they've already um, done some time travel stuff with the, the quantum realm, and yeah. obviously uh, the Fox franchise did it. Yeah, it yeah. it feels like uh, like the second and third season of the Flash, uh, Matt, where it's like, oh, you've introduced time travel and a multiverse, so you can literally do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right, and that, and that's why that that Evan Peters moment was was so glorious. But uh, yeah, we don't we don't need to get bogged down in in uh, Magneto talk because I do want to talk about the return of some other characters. Uh, Kat Dennings as Darcy Lewis and a never-ending stream of snowsuits that they keep. Th- Darcy yeah, Lewis. Doctor, you're right, you're correct, Doctor MD Darcy Lewis, and and like I said, her never-ending stream of snowsuits that they keep putting Kat Dennings in. My <laughs> God, I'm I'm just gonna go Neanderthal dude here for two seconds, and it's just why, why? <laughs> I just don't get it. <laughs> like it's just. Is it because it's supposed to be PG or something like that? I can't, but like, I don't know. It's just let Cat Dennings be thick, MCU. Let it just let it be, okay? <laughs> like for the love of God, it's ridiculous, upsetting, upsetting is what I'll say. Uh, but yeah, she's been fantastic. Love the fact that, uh, as uh, Rob so succinctly pointed out a couple seconds ago, when she clowned that dude by going like Doctor Darcy, whatever. That was great because obviously she didn't get blipped five years later for her. Um, she's got her doctorate in astrophysics now, so yeah. from the Thor movies, she's changed her major because absolutely don't believe she was uh, science in science at that time. No, she was just looking for like cheap credits or something like yeah. that, right? But then all of a sudden, it was like, yeah, she was wait, this hot guy from space, <laughs> yeah, this hot guy from space, like showed up. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna stay in this field, right? Like, but uh, yeah, and I, I just, I love the dynamic that. Uh, I, I really like the team that her and 
uh, Randall Park and Tayona Paris came as Monica Rambeau, Jimmy Woo, and Darcy Lewis. Like, uh, like there were wild points, and the these guys are supposed to be like B, T, C, D level characters, maybe. Right. Uh, maybe we get far, but and like, I was they, just like, they elevated them. Yeah, <laughs> they, not only the did they elevate them, them together were fantastic. No, yeah, if it but, were a movie, it would never happen. But for a TV no. show, yeah, bring back your like third string characters. It's always a delight to see them. <laughs> but they were also like the most fun part to me. Like I kind of like there'd be parts where I'm like, okay, I'm kind of getting a little sick of the uh, the the sitcom stuff. Let's go see what those guys are back up to, right? Like I was really like Kat Dennings just clicking away at the computer and like sitting there eating her popcorn, going like, I like this show, right? Like and the, you know, like, I'm really invested in it. Now. Yeah, they were like, cast Pietro. <laughs> yeah, that was probably oh, the best line in the entire series. Yeah, in the yeah they they recast Pietro. Great line that she got to to have. Uh, Jimmy Woo, my favorite moment for him was easily when he first introduces himself and he does the sleight of hand with his business What's card. Like business just, card. <laughs> yeah, just so good. He's just like, you know, <laughs> and it's nah, like Ant Man taught me close up magic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What a great callback to to Ant Man and the Wasp. <laughs> his his part in that. Um, lot of lot of good stuff. Like, and, and just at the top end, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, they've been fantastic. The the to me, Elizabeth Olsen's best part, um, or best acting moment. And she's had a few really good moments in this, but um, uh, her best moment was um the bit where after she blasted um Monica Rambo out of the uh out of the hex and then refixed everything. And then when she came back and uh, or Paul Bittany walks in the room as Vision and goes like, are you all right? And then she looks at him and it's like dead zombie Vision from when Thanos ripped the gem out of his head for two seconds. Yeah, and then she yeah. goes like, ah, and then, you know, she comes out of it and then he's back to normal. And it was just like, that was really good. Yeah. Uh, Paul Bittany's best moment. I mean, his best comedic moment, Kevin mentioned it earlier when he was like, wait, why am I talking to you? And he rips off his mic and flies away. But the best character moment was easily when he walked to the outer skirts of the hex. Because as, as, once he got out of the hex, he stood there for a couple seconds. And then I said to myself, the way they're telling this story, he should not be able to be alive outside of yeah, the hex, right? Well, he, he, was, yeah. he was outside of the hex, but he was never detached from it. Yeah, but and but he but like once he got outside, he was okay for like two seconds, and then he started breaking down and dying, and then it was just like okay, good, good, good. Like I just remember thinking, I I, I remember thinking writing wise, and then when it started happening, I was like, yes, yes, good writing, great writing, excellent writing, well done, everybody. Yeah, right? Like yeah, the implication is like cool. Maybe the resolution of this series is that they take the hex down because you know mm -hmm. it can't be there forever, presumably, but that also means that Vision has to die again. A third time. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> yeah, it that, maybe it means that uh, Quicksilver has to die again also, right? Yeah, yeah, true. And Wanda's yeah. response to that was, fuck that, I'm going to make the hex bigger. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah that... that had that moment where like uh, Quicksilver said like, "Oh, what are you gonna do? Kill your husband again?" <laughs> and she yeah. like, basically like blows him across the the city square there, and I'm like, "Oh, you're gonna kill him again too?" <laughs> mm-hmm. That was great stuff too. The Halloween costumes in that episode with the throwbacks to like the the Silver Age for like costumes yeah, yeah, for the, for the all those characters. Wolverine hair on on Pietro. Yeah, and he had and he had the sideways uh, silver lightning bolt with the baby blue outfit. Uh, that was great. She was obviously in her Scarlet Witch outfit. Um, Wiccan and Speed, uh, who are the 
references to their kids they they did the they were in the the, the same kind of outfits and um that stuff was, was Even just great of, uh, the 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 glimpse into the future i mean now looking back where it's like oh here's a uh... Agnes dressed as a witch. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I get that now. <laughs> yeah, that bit. that was one of the. That scene was great too. That scene was crucial. And actually, honestly, that was probably uh, that was probably the best wire to wire scene um, that this has had so far. Obviously, the best sequence is the Agatha all along, bar none. But the best like scene is probably when Catherine Hahn is in the is, is dressed as a witch at the end of the uh, at the car the, at the end of the world. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the outskirts of the city, and Vision walks up to her and starts trying to talk to her, and then he, like, fixes her mind or whatever, or so we were led to believe at the time, and she's yeah. like, wait, aren't you dead, and aren't you an Avenger and stuff, and that that was just really, really good, and I thought that scene was crucial to me, because, you know, I mean, you, like... You're watching the show and you're thinking, okay, Catherine Hahn's probably somebody, right? But when that scene happened, I honestly was like, okay, maybe Catherine Hahn's not somebody. Maybe she's just yeah. like the main person that they brought in because Catherine Hahn's a great actress and just showed a tremendous amount of range throughout these entire throughout all these episodes. Maybe they just brought her in because she's just got an incredible amount of range, right? And yeah. so that scene and was, was <laughs> yeah, and she's very rubber faced and yeah, Jim Carrey asking the rubber facing and, and whatnot and then like. Yeah, so th that scene to me was was so crucial and so good, and and because it convinced me that she was not like going to be ultimately going to be revealed to be a bad guy in this, because, um, like I just I I bought that that scene that she was just like a another person who was trapped in this illusion. They she was just like the uh, you know the quote unquote wacky neighbor character that yeah. it well, just happened to be the person that uh, Wanda Maximoff was like, this is the person I'm going to live next door to, and therefore she gets tons of screen time, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. It's constantly in my range of influence. Like, it, 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 that was my favorite episode so far because it did mm -hmm. very much show, like, you know, outside of Wanda's range of influence, things sort of start to break down. Um, and then the other part of that scene is that it's, you know, revealed and, and played fairly straight, at least so far, and we'll see what happens. But it's also revealed that, like, hey, Vision's obviously alive here, but has no memory of his life before being in the hex. Like he doesn't know what an Avenger is. He doesn't remember being dead. Like he he yes. is also being affected, even though he seems to be uh, being able to flex some sort of independence from Wanda in most cases. Like in early on, that wasn't necessarily the case because like they had like those moments where they would just sort of stare at each other for like ten seconds, and then it would just continue with sitcom or. You know, the guy would climb out of the sewer in his beekeeping costume and she would just say no and rewind 10 seconds. And then he'd be like, I guess we have kids now. <laughs> mm -hmm. like, yeah, like, so the, good. The, the more desperate the plot came, like it started breaking down for him. So the fact that he's like vaguely aware of what's happening, but is, is gaining more and more independence is interesting to me. Um, and so that episode where he was on the edge of town and the villagers were like frozen in place, but you could see that they were crying or, or crying out for help, basically. And there were no stars in the sky and an empty featureless fields of grass and nothing else. Like, it just is like, oh, this is it's really good visual language to explain that this is the low detail part of the city. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that really works for me. That, that, I think, is my favorite episode um, be, because of that visual language. And, I'm, and obviously, I really like the, you know, it was Agatha all along uh, uh, sequence. Like it, it read that uh, line between you know intimidating and funny <laughs> that I was talking yeah. about. But, but but having Vision stalking around in this like cartoonish 
Halloween costume while trying to solve a mystery of why nothing works on this edge of town is was really funny to me. Yeah, man, he had that line where he's like, oh, I knew you always had a thing for Mexican wrestlers or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, it's just like, yeah. Like, it's like, oh, that's a great line. Kobe and fortune teller. <laughs> yeah, and that even had like the yeah, that had the bit where like he walks up to her and he's like, "This is literally the only thing in my closet." And then he stares at her like, you know, he, he's like doing the like, yeah, Fuck doing the like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, just staring at her and stuff. God, it's a really good show. Um, started off a little bit slow. I thought like there was a, I remember there was a lot of backlash on social media during the first like two or three episodes, being like, "This is boring," and I mean. I remember it's, messaging you about it. It's like, it's slow. It eventually, like, each episode gets to something that yeah. like, has me hooked. Him, but I just kept saying, it's like, they're yeah. very clearly building to something. Yeah, so, it, it, like, it is one of those. It off, it's leading into an, like a movie and all that. Like, yeah. they're going to get somewhere. It's just, I hope they don't take all but one episode to get there. Like For and sure. They started to speed things up and, and bring more in. And it wasn't just... Yeah. Here's our I sitcom. didn't buy it because I sort of recognized what was happening and I appreciated the slow build, but like because it built that mystery for me. Because at the beginning, it's like, okay, Wanda seems to be affected by what's going on in here too. Like we have like one moment maybe in that first episode, and the rest of it is played totally sitcom straight. Yeah. Uh, but you, you know, as a viewer, you're already like, you know, what is happening? Why is it the 50s? Why is Vision here? You know, you're already mm-hmm. starting to wonder like what is happening. And then the end of the first episode cuts to the credits, like the please stand by, uh, you know, Native American logo thing that you see that Matt was talking about earlier. Um, yeah. And then uh, it cuts to like, you know, the inside of like this facility where you see like the sword logo. And I'm like, hey, I kind of know what that is. I've heard of sword before. Like, is she being trapped by somebody here? Like, is this an evil organization that is imprisoning Wanda for some reason? Are they using her as a power source? You know, is it one of these constant MCU things where you know superhero is used by government as a you know way to open a portal it's always a portal um <laughs> yeah so so right away it's like okay well that episode was played fairly straight but i appreciated it because of the throwback that it was because of the guest stars that were in it with fred melamed and deborah Jo Rupp, and i'm like oh it's kitty foreman like playing the housewife <laughs> Um, and, uh, and, and then to have that hook at the end to be like, oh, this is a television show that she is either being simulated in against her will at that point. That's what I thought. <laughs> and in every episode it built on that. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, my expectations of the show were constantly changing. So I, I guess I appreciate those early couple episodes where they play it fairly straight for the context that they provide. Sure. Um, uh, so I, I agree with um, what Matt was saying earlier that, you know, maybe it would have helped um, audiences to have maybe one or two more episodes to get more of that right away so that you build that hook for people to come back the next week. But I don't know. It worked for me. I was always going to come back. <laughs> yeah. And that, and that's I the I thing. I don't think that... any of the three of us weren't going to be coming back. No. And, th- and like, that's the that's the thing that they've afforded by the 12 years of just like tremendously fun Goodwill. content that they've been tr- that they've been churning out, because like the thing that I joked about with Rob was if 
like if WandaVision had nothing to do with the MCU and the first episode was just a pilot for a completely separate television show, you never would have watched the second episode, right? <laughs> like you would have been like, the fuck am I watching? And you yeah, would have like turned it off, right? Like, it, it, and again, I, I yeah. think this is why the weekly uh, format works because you have that IP mm-hmm. that exists that people know about that you can build off of, right? Because yeah. Like even me, who knows very little about the comics, I knew enough to recognize that sword logo in the first episode. Yeah. Um, and, and so maybe it's not for everybody because I don't know that everybody would know what sword is up to this point. Um, but you know, at least you know who Wanda is, and maybe that's enough to get you through the first couple episodes. <laughs> yeah. So so good because yeah, because I believe the only indication that we had. Uh, it, from a non-sitcom perspective was I believe you see somebody writing some notes down at the end of, and it turns out it was Darcy, right? That uh, like it, it zooms out from like the sitcom to a TV and then you see a errant hand writing notes down and like scratching stuff out and just basically yep. being like, you know, sitcom and then underlining it or whatever. And then it turned out it was Kat Dennings character doing that in like episode four or whatever as because they were watching it uh, much like us, the audience. Um, have like intro and outro credits where it's like, oh, this show yeah. starring, you know, Wanda Maximoff. Not Elizabeth Olsen, but Wanda Maximoff. And then yeah. you have, yeah. a, separate, <laughs> That's a, great touch, you have yeah. a separate set of credits later where it's like Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, etc. That's um, the other and, thing and, about... You know, it's all built on like the sort of CRT um, uh, sort of uh, CG, almost like a Bond intro. It, it, feel, it felt very much like they're... Um, mm-hmm. Like the outro feels very much like the intros to stuff like Daredevil and Jessica Jones, where it is stylized based on the type of um, genre, mm-hmm. um, where you have the sort of like very film noir intro to Jessica Jones, for example. Uh, so I, I don't know. I appreciate those end credits as well. And and this is the the first week that we got a the most recent episode that we got an end credit scene. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah, and and that's the this is this is apropos of 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 nothing in terms of the actual like what the goings on of the show, but I'm gonna put out a a rider for this to hopefully that the MCU will stop doing this going forward with other shows like Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Local. Don't write down that your episode is 37 minutes long when there's 12 fucking minutes of credits for some reason. What is up with that? (laughs) What is up with that is obnoxious. Like, why are they doing that? It'll say 37 minutes, and then you'll get the please stand by thing at the 22-minute mark, and you'll be like, there's 15... Like, you'll check your bar, and it's like, there's 15 minutes left. And it's like, yeah, and it's just like... 15 minutes of credits like what yeah, is that I garbage maybe because it's episodic that they can't just be like okay well it's it's credit time we're gonna skip you to the next episode that they're like okay well here's all the different language credits that we have to put even in. so don't do that again <laughs> please like, yeah, that was time i log on to disney plus it's like hey continue watching this episode there's still 10 minutes left I'm like yeah 10 <laughs> minutes of credits no thank you yeah exactly right and like i gotta tell you i i only accidentally got to see the end credits scene that happened this week because I was looking up who Agatha Harkness was because I was like, well, I need to solve this mystery, right? So yeah, I let was, the credit script running. For me. That was one of the only things that's been spoiled for me that there was an uh, end credit yeah. scene. And yeah, I, I, like, yeah. Ace and I are discussing what happened in the episode as we watch the credits, so we kind of yeah. got there by accident too. 
because I texted I texted Rob and I said I'm not going to spoil anything for you, but just as a heads up, there is an end credit sequence. So I don't know if you're one of the people who, like myself, does not watch the 15, 16 minutes of credits that they have kicking every week. But uh, yeah, stick around for at least the first minute, right? Because something and for will myself, happen. I do let those credits play out. You do. I'm, oh, on, you're... I'm on my phone, or I may go up into the kitchen and all that, but I do let it play out <laughs> so that you know. I was going to say <laughs> you're, you're, you're said, a maniac. Like, do you want to continue watching and all that? It's like. Well, no, I don't want to, but if I just let it play out, it's... <laughs> let it idle done. in the background, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, Lord have mercy. Oh, um... Yeah, well, I I, <laughs> I don't have much else to discuss on this show. I mean, because we're, we're going to come back and we're going to do... Uh, uh, one more episode on this and to, to wrap it up for two weeks. So I, I, I've said all I needed to say. Mostly I just wanted to come on and be like, hey, everybody, fuck off with the spoilers at like 8 o'clock in the goddamn morning on a Friday. People got work still, you know? like <laughs> People got shit to do. Can't be having no spoilers at like 7 o'clock in the morning. Um, is there anything else you wanted to say there, Rob, on uh, anything else you wanted to add or, or the, something the you wanted to point out? The only thing I want to bring up is because I, I just noticed it I, I today like actually looking at because before we started recording this and like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna go listen to it was agatha all along again because that was just yeah. great I'll see um, if i can cut but, that but for the outro for this out, episode it's like okay agatha i'm like okay their character name was agnes before i'm like oh my god mm-hmm. it's just the, the the start and the end ag mm-hmm. and then nes <laughs> agatha harkness <laughs> is like was yeah. it just it was in front of us the whole time <laughs> I, yeah i guess that's a bit, to, a bit of a stretch do, though yeah that <laughs> that's still like those that, that's the same type of stuff though that's the same type of stretching where you're going to separate I your know. shoulder though rob i'm telling you like that's <laughs> that's the same type of thing you get from the people who at like six o'clock in the morning front like like Six o'clock in the morning, Friday, already have on their YouTube channels the seven Easter eggs you didn't notice in the latest episode of One of Vision. And it's like, oh my God, just like this is insufferable. Yeah, that like, insufferable is the word that I've been searching for, I think, was just the, the it's been an it's been an insufferable performance by the uh <laughs> with but with the theor with with yeah by the internet with the theorizing on this one it's it's been i just i ask i'm asking everybody let's let's take about 20 percent off okay let's take about 20 percent off there on, yeah on from, this. from my perspective yeah. there are too many moving parts we're, we're two episodes i mean again i i don't know everything from the source comics and i'm sure mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who are a more vocal than i am and b uh have mm-hmm. that sort of background that they can draw from but, uh, like, if you were to ask me what my theory is for even the next two episodes to finish this season, I have no goddamn idea. There's too many moving parts. Uh, yeah. We don't know what uh, what Wanda's mental state is. I don't know enough about Agatha Harkness or or Monica Rambo or whatever superheroes that she's about to become or mm-hmm. uh, what Quicksilver's situation is here now that he's back in the end credit scene and is revealed to have not died at the end of the previous episode. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so, so I, I've got no clue how this is going to shake out. I assume that there's going to be some big cathartic moment that that causes the hex to no longer be necessary. But I mean, maybe who knows? I mean, MCU is full of these watershed moments where they're like, "Hey, we're just going to turn everything on its ear going forward," and maybe this is one of them. Yeah. Well. I can't wait to talk with you guys about it in a couple of weeks, but uh, I, I've kind of said all I need to say for, for what we've um, 
what we've seen so far, but uh, we will definitely get uh, we will definitely reconvene uh, a couple of Wednesdays from now and and discuss the last two episodes and and everything that they can do going forward because. Uh, they, they, they're definitely setting up a lot of stuff because, like, we've got the mutants now in the MCU, more or less, and, and um, they're really getting into the magic uh, users. I mean, ba- basically, the, the thing I keep saying is... The thing I keep saying to myself, kind of, is, um, you know, the first 20 episodes or the first 20 episodes the first you know 20 movies 10 plus years of the mcu were about fighting the enemies from above uh perhaps now we're going to be fighting the enemies from below which will you know which would you know lend credit to a lot of like the mephisto theories and like listen mephisto will be in the mcu this is just not his time you guys like this is like i i i I don't know like clean slate uh reset yeah, true. Like, I, I don't know if you need to bring in the devil <laughs> as your, your big baddie in the first television series that you're doing, right? Like, I, I well, don't know. Yeah, and it might be that if there are now, like, you know, we've already introduced alternate timelines to the MCU and mm-hmm. stuff like that, mm-hmm. and we'll be getting into, like, you know, Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness yeah. and stuff like that. Um, so Toby Maguire and play, like, Andrew okay, Garfield. We'll change yeah. things in this, and maybe Doctor Strange now has to set them right uh, in exactly. his movie coming up. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's very interesting to see. Um, so we'll look forward to that because uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm very excited to watch an MCU movie again. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, and and like we know we're getting Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield in that Spider Man movie that's coming up so uh yeah yeah so it seems how deep it could be a lot of stuff where it's like oh we've introduced students oh we've introduced uh other spider-man uh like the multiverse Mm -hmm. stuff seems to be what they're going wild on now um and maybe it will take dr strange to set that all straight or at least explain a lot of it away um Mm -hmm. so i hate to say it but i mean you know we might get to the end of wandavision and not have a conclusive answer and we need to wait another year and a half for that movie to come (laughs) out Yeah, my my guess is they'll do they'll do something adjacent to that. Uh, if I'm being honest, Kev, I th- I think they'll. Oh yeah. It it won't be like a big, it won't be like a big hanging sort of Damocles like you know no, like Infinity but War be was. Unanswered questions for sure. Yeah, for sure. But there there'll probably be one sort of semi big one, and then it'll be like, and here's the multiverse, like, and here's the first official saying of the multiverse or or something adjacent to that right but uh but you know we'll get most of what's going on in wandavision uh wrapped up with a neat little bow i think and then they'll be like but you know like i said they've they've introduced mutants more or less and they've introduced the multiverse and they've introduced the fact that they can use guys from the fox show it's it's great it's been great it's been a great series it actually makes me very very curious to see what the plot of um uh falcon and winter soldier is going to be yeah I think a little bit more, uh, I, I, it'll probably be more like Captain America, Winter Soldier, or Jace, I'm guessing, where, like we said earlier, Buddy I, Cop with some spy it. thriller I stuff. Um, I, Absolutely. I'm just curious to see if they continue on with this sort of multiverse trend that they're sort of riding right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that'll be it for us. Uh, we, like I said, we're going to reconvene in a couple of weeks after we get the last two uh, episodes of WandaVision, and we'll, we'll discuss what we think and, and how it's going to go forward. And, uh, uh, Craig will be on next week, and we'll be discuss. We're we're just gonna do a lot of overlapping uh, sports talk. Craig and I got a little fun uh, thought exercise planned for uh, you football fans out there. I think you're I think you're gonna like it. Um, 
That said, Crossover Podcast available at thecrossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and for now, soundcloud.com slash crossoverpodcast. We're on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. We're also on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. So please check us out on there and leave us a review on those to pump up our numbers and, and, and get us some reviews because we need the reviews, guys. Please hit us up with the reviews. Um... Like I said, that'll be it for for this week, and we'll, uh, Craig and I will be back next week on the other side doing some sports stuff, and then we'll get uh, Kevin and and Rob back uh, two weeks from now to discuss uh, the ending of Wandavision, and uh, we'll probably be hearing a lot from you guys because as we've mentioned, we've got um, some comic book movie stuff coming out. Uh, we're getting a lot of series with the Wandavision, and then right into the Winter Soldier, and then right into Loki, and then at some point we will discuss. God help me. The Snyder Cut, you guys. I, I just, oh, I don't, uh, am I going to be able to find the 19 hours or whatever to, to watch this movie? I don't know, but uh, it's <laughs> it'll happen. I watched the trailer for that, and I can't remember. There was something in there that I really wanted to see, but I don't remember. <laughs> Wasn't it so good, Rob? Wasn't it so good? Didn't the black and white visuals really, like, it really showed Snyder's the depth and the range of how awesome Zack Snyder is. He's such a genius, you know, the way he uses black and white imagery and whatnot. Nothing in the MCU could even compare to anything that Zack Snyder does. Have you ever noticed yeah. that? Uh, I so know good. that I personally walked up <laughs> to Justice League and was like, man, I wish I could watch 15 more hours of that. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's a movie nobody liked, and then everybody was like, well, maybe we'll like it if it's two hours longer. What if there was more? <laughs> And cut, yeah, and cut. What if there was more? And what if it was cut by one of the worst storytellers in modern? Like, you know, what if it was, you know, like, yeah, God. What if it was two hours longer and told by a Michael Bay? Yeah, yeah. What if it was two hours longer and told by a guy with Michael Bay-esque storytelling abilities? Ugh. Like, jeez. Uh, we'll see. But you know, obviously, we we we, we will deign to to figure out the Snyder cut. Uh, anyway, that is it. Rob Callflesh, uh, Kevin Miller. Great talking to you guys. Loving Wandavision. And, uh, yeah, knock it off with the WandaVision theories is the last thing I'll say. It's just, uh, we're at the end, but, uh, be better when Winter Soldier starts as far as the theories. Just text your buddies. Don't, 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 uh, don't not shut up about it on the internet for, for 12 straight weeks or, or for, for a month or two months or however long it, it runs for. Um, yeah, that is it. Take care, everybody. And we'll talk to you next time on the Crossover Podcast. Sparky too.